everyone. Welcome to the Greater Nashville Realtors Podcast. I'm your host and 2020 president, Christy Hairston. On this episode, we have a special guest with us and one of our very own members, Greater Nashville Realtors 2007 past president, Richard Courtney. Richard Courtney is one of Nashville's top-ranked real estate brokers and has sold more than 1,700 properties in, in every neighborhood and price range in Nashville and the surrounding counties. For the past nine years, uh, Richard has served uh, as the weekly real estate columnist for the Nashville Ledger. He has also served as a contributing writer for the Tennessean, the Nashville Scene, the City Paper, and a wide range of industry and professional publications. So Richard, I hope I covered it all, but thank you for joining the podcast today. I'm glad to be here. Don't ask me too many hard questions. <laughs> you know what, Richard, there's no hard questions for you. I mean, I've read a lot of your articles, so I know you're deep down into what's going on in the Nashville market. Um, and so today, you know, we're going to discuss the relevant and the challenging topic uh, that the national real estate market is facing, which is basically low inventory and rising home prices. So, you know, Richard, in your own words, you know, kind of give us a brief overview of where you think the national market is and what you think is contributing to that low inventory. Well, the national market is baffling because the low inventory should lead to fewer sales, but for higher prices, if you just follow straight economics. But what's happening is even as the inventory is reduced, home sales are increasing. So inventories dropped, as you report, uh, use your stats, uh, by about 30 or 40%, which would mean sales should follow that and prices should rise because less inventory means, and, and the same number of buyers means higher prices, but at this, but what we're somehow doing is selling more houses, even with less inventory. So it's, 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 it's an enigma and it's, it's almost impossible to happen, but it speaks to the strength of the market and the number of people moving here. And, and what is surprising, and, and I, I see it in my own practice and, and uh, with other of my colleagues that I talk to anecdotally, uh, it seems to me pretty much the whole state of California is moving here at one time and San Francisco in particular. And, and then we had the East coast coming to begin with, with the new, uh, tax law that came out a couple of years ago when uh, property taxes over $10,000 couldn't be deducted. So those people up in New England were paying $20,000, $30,000 in property taxes, which was a deduction. So they were, they were saving $12,000 or so in, in interest and, and uh, taxes. Well, now that's gone and the uh, interest deductions below 950000 and below when they could have been Two million. So those higher priced houses up there weren't really giving them the tax benefits that they used to have. So that they're all coming here and they don't have the uh, income tax, the state, we don't have the state income tax, which they have, they have it in California. So we had those two, we had New England first, then California piled on. And now of all things, Chicago's piling on. So we've got three major markets that are, are being drained and, and coming through the funnel and ending up in Nashville. And uh, we don't have the inventory to support it. So consequently, the prices rise. So tell me, because that is, you know, an interesting thing. I mean, I'm a Nashville native and it's no way I would have known that Nashville would have become an it city at any portion of time. But do you think that the pandemic and remote working is also leading people to Nashville? 
Yes, as a matter of fact, I was with some people today from California, of course. And uh, and the thing is, he was talking to his wife uh, when they were trying at one of the houses. And, and she said, this one's too much. And he said, but think about it. I'm going to 10 percent raise our taxes. And, and of course, even with the with the tax hike, that's not very popular. Uh, our taxes are still low. And I was talking to Bill, former mayor Bill Purcell the other day. And, and we are. According to him, the lowest tax city and the lowest tax state in the country. So our tax, like these people coming from Orange County, California, and our taxes are a third of their taxes, even with the 30 percent increase. So uh, so that has a lot to do with it. The other thing is that people have learned they can work remotely uh, through the pandemic. So now people are saying uh, employers are saying work wherever you want to. Well, who would stay in California? or in parts of New England, when they can move here and have a 10% raise right off the bat. And these are salaried people. So if somebody's making 100,000, now they're making 110,000 and really 112. And uh, so they get the huge tax break and they get, a, in their opinion, a better quality of life because even with the traffic here, you know, we complain as you and I having been here so long, uh, it's worse than it used to be, but it's nothing compared to where these people are coming from who are taking a, a train from Connecticut to New York or on the LA freeway of all things. So what we have here is, is really a perfect storm with people coming from everywhere here. Because, and where, what I would hate to own is a bunch of class A office space anywhere, because I think that's where there, there is a segment of real estate that's, that's going to pay. And I think we have learned that we can, the city, the country, and employers have learned that they can be uh, just as efficient at home, if not more so. Uh, they have to watch watch out and don't and be careful not to want, run around the house nude on a Zoom call. But other than that, uh, things have gotten better. Uh, people are more efficient. They don't spend an hour and a half on the way in, an hour and a half on the way back, like people in Nashville, for example, coming in from Murfreesboro or somewhere where they're you know where there's a huge traffic jam. So life is just better here than other places. And, and a lot of it is due to their ability to work remotely in these beautiful settings that we have here. It's, yeah, it's all very interesting. And, you know, I think when you mix all of the things that you just mentioned and said so eloquently with the fact that we're still one of the few places that does have four seasons, a lot of times, not the, not the four seasons hotel, but the four seasons in general. Yeah, uh, and right. Several friends, even from Michigan and various places say, you know, it started snowing right after, you know, August 1st, you know, it makes Nashville way more appealing as well. Um, So, yeah, I mean, so from here on out, let's just have that conversation, because I know that sometimes we have a number of realtors that listen to our podcast and are trying to figure out how to better educate um, their clients. And so I read in one of your articles recently, uh, you were giving some encouragement to buyers and you said, you know, if you love a house, buy it, even if you have to pay more than the list price. And if you don't love it, uh, but it's not exactly your dream home, then buy something a little bit less and turn it into your dream home. Do you think that's great advice right now for, you know, realtors to talk to their buyers about? Yeah, I think that uh, prices are only going to go up. And so if you can get it and interest rates at some point have to go up, uh, so I think that it's a, it's a great time to buy right now and people should buy whatever they can and lock it in at these rates. And, and then, uh, with the savings that they have, uh, do some improvements later if they need to. 
Yeah, I mean, and I think that's the interesting part because we talked about the low inventory and, you know, buyers feeling like, oh my gosh, what do you mean? I have to look at a house today and decide today if I want to write an offer on that house. Yeah, that's that's not a great situation. I try to warn people when they tell me that they're coming here that that, that is the case. If they, if they do happen to see something they like, they need to jump on it. And, and of course, negotiations seem to be tougher than they have been in the past. And it appears that um, that more sales are falling through because I think people are buying sight unseen quite a bit, as you know. And uh, then they get here and see the house and it doesn't look like it did on the on the Zoom call or the FaceTime or whatever. So uh, but at the same time, there are always people uh in the, in the shadows ready to jump on it. I, I've become a big fan of backup contracts because so many are falling through these days on, on various things. Yeah, that's great advice. I know it's something we've always had forms for, uh, but people haven't really thought of them at backup contracts as maybe the goal that they are, especially in this market when people are trying to decide whether or not they jump too soon or want to change their mind. All right. So the biggest question on people's mind, uh, aside from how do I operate in this market, is do we think the bubble will burst when it comes to home prices in Nashville? I don't think it I don't think it will burst. And, and you normally hear and I've lived I'm a whole lot older than you are. So I've lived through a number of these recessions, but uh, they never really drop. Significantly, uh, they slow down. We, we slow down. We don't drop. We just slow down. The, the appreciation slows down. Now, one thing I am uh, curious about and worries me somewhat is that there are a number of people, unemployed people, who uh, have either PPP money or have had their home for have been in forbearance and haven't made a house payment in six months. Now, I understand of course, they don't have to catch up. All that's going to go in the back of the mortgage and that kind of thing. But at the same time, when 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 the time comes that people have to actually make mortgage payments again, I think 90 days after that, we'll start seeing more foreclosures than we do right now. Or, but what's fortunate for those people is with the prices having risen as much as they have, even during this forbearance period, they might make money selling their houses. They'll just, we might just, that might solve some of the inventory problem. I I don't think it's going to impact the market enough to make anything significant happen, but that's something I'm uh, interested in watching. Yeah, I I agree with you on that. I think it'll be interesting. And like everything else in real estate, we'll have to look neighborhood to neighborhood, but it seems that most homeowners should have some equity in their homes such that if they can't afford to stay there, which would be unfortunate, that they would still be able to sell without having to go back to short sale world and foreclosure world. Right. And then besides, you've done such a good job of managing everything that everybody's in good shape. If you've lived in a house a month, you've made $10,000. Isn't, I mean, unbelievable. And, you know, even to the realtors, I would say this, you know, Richard, I'm sure you, you worked in real estate a lot longer than I have, but I've even seen new agents come into the market and their first house be a million dollar, you know, listing. It's amazing. We, I uh, have the, I had the penthouse at the, uh, at uh, 505 listed with Chad Wollers for uh, 
we had it listed for $5 million and someone bought it close last month for four and a half million dollars. It was that agent's third sale ever. He'd been in the, in the business six months and he had a four and a half million dollar sale. I mean, and that, I think that speaks to the prices that are rising and hopefully, you know, our realtors will continue to take classes and maybe even, you know, you turned around and now all of a sudden you're selling luxury real estate. It's amazing. And if you recall, that was like a designation, things that people had to have a certain number of sales. <laughs> yeah. Nutty. My first sale was 22.5. My first, Where was that? it was in Smyrna. I've sold, I worked for a builder. My first 80 sales were under $40,000. My gosh, Richard, if I, if there was anything for sale for $40,000, right? Yeah. Now. Yeah. They, I wish I'd bought all, all 80 of them. I know, Heinz. Yeah. Well, you sure oh. have done a good job, by the way. I really appreciate uh, all you've done for us. And I know uh, this has been a strange year to be president, uh, but it's probably more taxing than uh, than a normal year. So thank you for all you've done. Thank you. I appreciate that. I think the biggest thing with it is that there is no playbook. Like the playbook we all had before of what to expect was kind of like 2020 kind of threw that playbook out the window. But um, OK, so our last few things, Richard, if you had to give your top three prediction for 2021 that realtors should be aware of. So think three things that you think realtors should be aware of or consider uh, in next year. What do you think those would be? Well, I think we should keep an eye on interest rates because they're historically low, which we've heard that for 10 or 15 years now. I think whoever is the president uh, will have to keep the rates low until we work our way out of, of the pandemic type situation. So, but keep an eye on the rates because that's, that has a big effect on things. And where it's really gonna have a big effect is when people uh, begin to sell. And even if they, like they bought a house for $200,000 and they have 3% interest on it, on 200,000 and then they, they need to expand and they want a $400,000 house, but rates are 4%, then buying a, if they want to keep their house payment the same, they'd have to buy a smaller house. So the rate, the rates have a lot to do with the value of houses. And uh, so we need to watch that. We need to keep an eye on the forbearance situation and see how the foreclosures are going. And, uh, and then at the same time, uh, we need to market ourselves. Uh, all, if you're in trouble, call me. You do not have to file for foreclosure problem, bankruptcy or foreclosure. We might get enough out of your house to solve all your problems. So I, you know, that'd be something that I, would, that I am going to, to market. And then the third thing is, is, is life without Christy Harrison. I don't know what we do. Thanks, Richard. Yeah. Well, it is, is, you know, I wanted to pass one of my last acts to be that once you finish your first year, you don't serve another year as past president, but I'll still be around. I wasn't able to get that one through. So thank you for joining us today, Richard. But before we close, I know you have been very involved at Greater Nashville Realtors over the years. And one of those ways is through Habitat for Humanity. So can you tell us, you know, why you supported Habitat for Humanity for all these years? I've supported it because I think it's it's one of the it is without a doubt the best 
charity, for lack of a better term, organization that's out there. Because for one thing, it, it's not a giveaway program. These people will have to take a, a number of classes and pass them and understand home ownership. Uh, up until the last recession, the, the foreclosure rate was zero on all the Habitat homes here in Nashville. Now I bet, I think there've been five or six in, in all these houses. So it's, it's a wonderful program. It helps people who would not own a, be able to own a home otherwise achieve the American dream, as they say, to own a house. They can build that equity. Uh, they can then transfer into a larger house. It's good for the community. It pays taxes. People have seen that uh, the, the children of homeowners do better in school than the children of people who don't own their own homes. So it, it improves the entire community and it improves people's lives. It's, a, it's an amazing program. And uh, if anybody wants to contribute, just call me 615-300-8189. I'll drive to your office or your home or uh, wherever you are and pick up a check. Certainly, of course, you can go online and do it, which is more fun. Uh, but we are having, uh, in spite of the pan pandemic, we've broken all the records this year, which which I'm so appreciative of everyone who's given, but uh, we need more. So, uh, so help me, give me some money. I love that, Richard, and thank you for being one of the top supporters of Habitat for Humanity for them and for us as an association. We greatly appreciate it. And thank you, of course, for your leadership and guidance, uh, not just through this year, but through all the years in the past. So thanks again, and thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you.